I shall read from the King James Version of the Holy Bible. The topic is loyalty, and I shall read from Retrospection and Introspection by Mary Baker Eddy what her meaning of loyalty in students is. Allegiance to God, subordination of the human to the divine, steadfast justice, and strict adherence to divine truth and love. Found on page 50. Genesis And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And Adam lived in hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years. Proverbs He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. The lip of truth shall be established for ever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. 
He that speaketh to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Hear the right, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thy ear unto me, and hear my speech. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Third John Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Luke There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. 
let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. I shall now read from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. Again from Retrospection and Introspection, her meaning of loyalty in students is allegiance to God, subordination of the human to the divine, steadfast justice, and strict adherence to divine truth and love. In ancient Rome, a soldier was required to swear allegiance to his general. Science renders unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. It saith to the human sense of sin, sickness, and death, God never made you, and you are a false sense which hath no knowledge of God. Obedience to truth gives man power and strength. Submission to error superinduces loss of power. Truth casts out all evils and materialistic methods with the actual spiritual law. Divine mind rightly demands man's entire obedience, affection, and strength. No reservation is made for any lesser loyalty. Reflecting God's government, man is self-governed. When subordinate to the divine spirit, man cannot be controlled by sin or death thus proving our material theories about laws of health to be valueless. When we subordinate the false testimony of the corporeal senses to the facts of science, we shall see this true likeness and reflection everywhere. God fashions all things after His own likeness. We propose to follow the Master's example we should subordinate material law to spiritual law. Two essential points of Christian science are that neither life nor man dies and that God is not the author of sickness. Science declares that man is subject to mind. We must have faith in all the sayings of our Master though they are not included in the teachings of the schools and are not understood generally by our ethical instructors. 
Jesus said in John eight fifty one, If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. That statement is not confined to spiritual life, but includes all the phenomena of existence. Mortal mind must part with error, must put off itself with its deeds. Divine science rends asunder these fetters, and man's birthright of soul allegiance to his Maker asserts itself. I saw before me the sick wearing out years of servitude to an unreal master in the belief that the body governed them rather than mind. The lame, the deaf, the dumb, the blind, the sick, the sensual, the sinner, I wish to save from the slavery of their own beliefs and from the educational systems of the pharaohs, who today, as of yore, hold the children of Israel in bondage. I saw before me the awful conflict, the Red Sea and the wilderness, but I pressed on through faith in God, trusting truth, the strong deliverer, to guide me into the land of Christian science, where fetters fall, and the rights of man are fully known and acknowledged. I saw that the law of mortal belief included all error, and that, even as oppressive laws are disputed and mortals are taught their right to freedom, so the claims of the enslaving senses must be denied and superseded. The law of the divine mind must end human bondage, or mortals will continue unaware of man's inalienable rights and in subjection to hopeless slavery because some public teachers permit an ignorance of divine power, an ignorance that is the foundation of continued bondage and of human suffering. Discerning the rights of man, we cannot fail to foresee the doom of all oppression. Slavery is not the legitimate state of man. God made man free. Paul said, I was free born. All men should be free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Love and truth make free but evil and error lead into captivity. Christian science raises the standard of liberty and cries, Follow me. Escape from the bondage of sickness, sin, and death. Jesus marked out the way. Citizens of the world, accept the glorious liberty of the children of God and be free. This is your divine right. Behold, the man is become as one of us. This could not be the utterance of truth or science, for according to the record, material man was fast degenerating and never had been divinely conceived. The condemnation of mortals to till the ground means this, that mortals should so improve material belief by thought tending spiritually upward as to destroy materiality. Man, created by God, 
was given dominion over the whole earth. Man, created by God, was given dominion over the whole earth. The notion of a material universe is utterly opposed to the theory of man as evolved from mind. Such fundamental errors send falsity into all human doctrines and conclusions and do not accord infinity to a deity. Error tills the whole ground in this material theory, which is entirely a false view, destructive to existence and happiness. Outside of Christian science, all is vague and hypothetical, the opposite of truth. Yet this opposite, in its false view of God and man, impudently demands a blessing. The translators of this record of scientific creation entertained a false sense of being. They believed in the existence of matter, its propagation and power. From that standpoint of error, they could not apprehend the nature and operation of spirit. Hence the seeming contradiction in that scripture, which is so glorious in its spiritual signification. Truth has but one reply to all error, to sin, sickness, and death. Dust, nothingness thou art, and unto dust, nothingness shalt thou return. All creations of spirit are eternal, but creations of matter must return to dust. Justice is the moral signification of law. Injustice declares the absence of law. When the body is supposed to say, I am sick, never plead guilty. Since matter cannot talk, it must be mortal mind which speaks. Therefore meet the intimation with a protest. If you say, I am sick, you plead guilty. Then your adversary will deliver you to the judge, mortal mind, and the judge will sentence you. Disease has no intelligence to declare itself something and announce its name. Mortal mind alone sentences itself. Therefore make your own terms with sickness and be just to yourself and to others. Truth is ever truthful and can tolerate no error in premise or conclusion. If you wish to know the spiritual fact, you can discover it by reversing the material fable. Evasion of truth cripples integrity and casts thee down from the pinnacle. Christian science rises above the evidence of the corporeal senses. But if you have not risen above sin yourself, do not congratulate yourself upon your blindness to evil or upon the good you know and do not. A dishonest position is far from Christianly scientific. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. 
try to leave on every student's mind the strong impress of divine science, a high sense of the moral and spiritual qualifications requisite for healing, well knowing it to be impossible for error, evil, and hate to accomplish the grand results of truth and love. The reception or pursuit of instructions opposite to absolute Christian science must always hinder scientific demonstration. If the student adheres strictly to the teachings of Christian science and ventures not to break its rules, he cannot fail of success in healing. It is Christian science to do right, and nothing short of right doing has any claim to the name. To talk the right and live the wrong is foolish deceit, doing oneself the most harm. Fettered by sin yourself, it is difficult to free another from the fetters of disease. With your own wrists manacled, it is hard to break another's chains. A little leaven causes the whole mass to ferment. A grain of Christian science does wonders for mortals, so omnipotent is truth. But more of Christian science must be gained in order to continue in well-doing. The wrong done another reacts most heavily against oneself. Right adjusts the balance sooner or later. Dishonesty is human weakness, which forfeits divine help. You uncover sin, not in order to injure, but in order to bless the corporeal man, and a right motive has its reward. Let it be understood that success in error is defeat in truth. The watchword of Christian science is scriptural. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Adhesion Cohesion and attraction are properties of mind. They belong to divine principle and support the equipoise of that thought force which launched the earth in its orbit and said to the proud wave thus far and no farther. Spirit is the life, substance, and continuity of all things. We tread on forces. Withdraw them and creation must collapse. The material so-called gases and forces are counterfeits of the spiritual forces of divine mind, whose potency is truth, whose attraction is love, whose adhesion and cohesion are life, perpetuating the eternal facts of being. Let us have a few moments of silent prayer. 